Hello there, this is Daniel Hodge, and I play Darth Malak and Kendris in Unreal Cinema's Knights of the Old Republic series. This is the Old Republic Podcast. Be sure to check out their Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Podcast. We are the Old Republic Podcast. Spoiler alert for everything Star Wars under the Twin Suns. The question is what choice? Rebellions are built on hope. Make ten men feel like a hundred. I'm one with the force, the force is with me. All right, everyone. Today we uh, got together and we were just kind of having a little chat about KOTOR and you know, Star Wars and, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, we were uh, going to be recording something else that kind of fell through at the last second, but we thought, you know, why not just uh, stay on here? We'll go ahead and record a little conversation about KOTOR. That sounds fun, doesn't it? Yeah, so we thought the natural place to start is the KOTOR remake was handed off to Saber Interactive. What do you think about that, Brian? Uh, yeah, so that news, it kind of broke, like, last week, I think, um, but then it looks like it was officially, like, uh, like, pinned down, um, so Embracer, who's, like, the big, like, conglomerate that owns these studios, uh, basically, you know, confirmed that that was true, so, uh, yeah, it sounds like the KOTOR remake is moving from Aspire, um, up the chain, as it were, to Saber, um, they're both kind of in the same, um, Aspire's in, under the umbrella of the Saber, uh, studios, so it is going to be going to there. Um, it said that it didn't expect to have significant delays. Um, I mean, of course, there's probably going to be some delays, but they never gave us an official uh, like release date, so it's hard to, you know, I, they can you know, have some uh, wordplay there. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it makes sense to move it up to a little bit bigger studio, someone that has a little bit more experience doing something. You know, Aspire is mostly known for the uh, for doing the ports, but um, I I think it's okay. Um, I don't have a have a problem with that, and it seems like it's you know still moving in the right direction. But uh, what are your thoughts, Cassia? Aspire still has my heart, you know. Um, I think if you're gonna remake Kotor, you want to make sure it's being remade to the best quality possible. And I think Aspire did a great job, did what they needed to well. But maybe it's just kind of like a their studio is just kind of smaller and it's still growing and there are some other studios under the same, I guess, umbrella that are kind of just farther along in their uh, progression that would be able to handle it. But I expect to see a lot of the same people. Yeah, I would think because it, it looked like Aspire had most of like the jobs kind of pinned down, at least like in the in the writing departments and stuff like that. So I think that maybe maybe that's where they're coming from when they say they don't expect like significant delays. Maybe the the story was okay. It was really just down to kind of the the gameplay and the game mechanics and the way the game was functioning more so than the story part. So you know, it's just kind of reworking working that and keeping on some of the same like creative team. Uh but I don't know. We'll have to see. Hopefully we'll get a, an announcement maybe uh sometime here. Um, you know, closer as we get to like the end of the year, maybe get sort of a, an update on the status of all these things. But yeah, uh, I think it's in, in good hands. And I think that they probably made the right call, um, you know, if they weren't happy with it, going ahead and moving it rather than, you know, trying to either force it out or just scrapping the project altogether. Yeah, I expect we'll probably see something like a trailer or another look at it uh, sometime in September. So yeah. Uh, and then... What are your thoughts on Andor? 
That's right. Yeah. So Andor uh, was supposed to be coming out like this week, I think, right? Or something uh, next week. I don't know. Uh, but they pushed it back. Uh, but I am really looking forward to it. Um, I've still not watched the full trailer. I've seen some images and little snippets of it. Um, as you may or may not know out there, I am not a huge uh, trailer uh, watching person. So I try to uh, I don't really try to avoid them, but you know, I'm not gonna, not gonna seek it out and watch it. So if it comes across my eyes, I'll, I'll give it a look. But Andor is one of the projects I was most excited for when they made, made the announcement. Um, I think that it's going to be really interesting and, um, you know, I'm hoping I get a lot of kind of like spy and espionage, uh, themes from it. And that seems to be kind of what the, the direction's going from, you know, what I've heard people's reactions to the trailer, but, uh, really looking forward to this one. And, uh, Diego Luna, uh, was really good in that role, um, as Cassie and Andor. So, uh, this was one, it is high up on my list, but, uh, what about you, Cassie? I know you were excited for, um, Kenobi, but, uh, when they made the announcement, was Andor something you were uh, really looking forward to or? Yeah, for sure. I loved Rogue One, and so far I think Andor looks very cinematic, kind of like what you expect from a Star Wars uh, show, uh, (laughs) movie, you know? And I'm excited for it because I think it could be multiple seasons, kind of like, I don't know, I guess like the Mission Impossible TV show. Or like 007 stories, you know, Uh, and Mm -hmm. I think like where Rogue One kind of ends with uh, melding into uh, A New Hope, like what if this show eventually ends after a few seasons melding into Rogue One, like Mm -hmm. the final missions on Wobani, you know, I would love that. Yeah, that would be that'd be really cool if it just kind of, you know, just doesn't uh, skip a beat and it kind of picks up with like the Ursos, uh, you know, going off to that planet where where we meet up with them and, you know, Cassie and, you know, well into the uh, uh, rebellion. Then at that point, I think that that would be that would be pretty cool. That would be a neat kind of storytelling trick. And obviously, you know, as we're getting, you know, the Clone Wars and Rebels and Resistance, you know, <laughs> we'll really have like a, a beat for beat timeline of the entire uh, Skywalker saga. So, yeah. I don't know. I am a little hesitant because how many origin stories for the Rebellion can you really have? I mm-hmm. I do kind of want to get away. Like, I think Andor looks great, but, like, one day I just want Star Wars to grow beyond uh, just being like, how do these people know the Skywalkers? <laughs> Where were these people when Luke right. was drinking blue milk, you know? Mm. Yeah, that is the that is the burning question on everyone's mind. But I am right there with you. Um, I mean, I like I like these stories and I love them and I I love you know consuming them and uh, talking about them. But yeah, I think we both you know would like to see something from outside of the timeline. We're getting that a little bit with the High Republic, and then um, hopefully the Acolytes going to uh, definitely do that too. But uh, what we really want, uh, Cassia, I think I, I don't I don't want to speak for you, but you know what I want. Uh, is a KOTOR movie, uh, preferably the one that we made, you know, between episodes, mm-hmm. I don't know, like 64 and 110 ish. Go back and listen to all of those episodes. Uh, you can hear us go on and on about this, uh, excellent, excellent trilogy of films. But, uh, you know, if Lucas film is going to be making one, uh, we'd be down for that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather have a trilogy of movies rather than a show because I want the biggest budget we can get and um 500 million dollars just throw it 500 million dollars um whatever they're spending on rings of power just like give that to us and like you know we'll we'll just make this you know just kidding it wouldn't be us but um 
yes, with all my heart, I want a KOTOR trilogy of movies. And um, I just want it to feel, look, and sound a bit different than Star Wars. Like, because I was kind of thinking, like, a lot of films right now, like Marvel mm-hmm. films, they used to be like people, like, you had to see them in theaters. And now it kind of feels a bit like an obligation. Like, right. I kind of think, like, maybe KOTOR isn't like quite the right thing but i just want to excite people again to like feel like they have to go to the theater not just like feel obligated to be like oh i guess i'll see this in theater so i know what's going on you know uh like i just think star wars could be reinvented like Mm -hmm. it could be popular but still kind of hit some mythic uh needs and fulfill them you know uh, I don't know. Times are times are changing, and I I think Star Wars can still be the same, but change with it, you know. And Kotor is a is a very different flavor. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I think uh, that that's something that they could probably achieve, right? That's one of the kind of neat things about uh, Knights of the Old Republic, the game, is that you know it, it feels very much like Star Wars as a lot of the same Star Wars beats, a lot of the same technologies, but it also feels very different. Um, And I think that they could definitely kind of grasp that. And the big reason for me um, to have a a retelling of this, because, you know, personally, I don't need, you know, I I want to see it, but I don't don't need it because I already know the story of Knights of the Old Republic. You know, we've we've played the games, we've talked about it for a long time. Um, But I was was doing a little number crunching um, and KOTOR depends on where you look, but it's sold somewhere in the neighborhood of about three and a half million copies. Um, Now, Rise of Skywalker, which was the lowest grossing of the three of the sequel films, that sold roughly 11 and a half million tickets. So it's so many more people would be exposed to the story. And that's really why I want to see it, because I think that the story of KOTOR is amazing. But, you know, the percentage of Star Wars fans that know it, you know, is still uh, pretty small. And even, you know, the, the wider realm of Star Wars, how cool would it be? You know, you talk about, you know, prequel kids and sequel kids and original trilogy kids. How cool would it be if there were like KOTOR kids who that was their first Star Wars experience, like go into a movie and uh, their favorite character then is, uh, you know, Bastila or uh, Juhani. Uh, That would be amazing. Yeah. So we bear our testimony on all things KOTOR. Um, (laughs) And then this question, what's your favorite order to visit the planets in and why? Um, I think we kind of have the same ones. Should we try to, like, without planning, try to say them at the same time? Uh, yeah, we, we could do that. We could do that. Okay, so three, two, one. Kashik. Kashik. Tatooine. Tatooine. Manon. Korriban. Korriban. Yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. Uh, perfect, perfect. Um, now I will say there is a little bit of a caveat to that. So if I'm going to turn on the game and play it, I'm going to play it in the in the same order that uh, pretty much you're not really supposed to play it, but the way that everyone plays it, which is Tatooine, Kashyyyk, Manon, and Korriban. Uh, yeah. But you know, if if we're talking the movie adaptation and we get way into the reasons why uh, back in some podcast episodes, yeah, it's got to be Kashyyyk, Tatooine, Manon, and then Korriban. That makes the most sense. Yeah. And you should listen to our episode 59 uh, with Hooney. I guess you weren't there, but um, uh, it really got me thinking deeply about Kashyyyk and and the Wookiees and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how it relates to real indigenous experiences. So I I wholeheartedly recommend that. Um, Yeah, and you always made the good... uh... 
you always made the good parallel of comparing uh, the op you know in our our proposed trilogy uh, which uh, which starts on um, Terrace and then ends on Kashik you get kind of the parallels between this this big skyriser city uh, versus this big forest city um, you know to you know to kind of mirror each other as you start and end the film and I always thought that that was a really good parallel oh thank you and I think we can skip this question do you care <laughs> enough about it uh, it's the top three favorite KOTOR quests, and there's there's really only one best one. It's Trouble with Gizka because uh, it comes from a cool title from a Star Trek thing, and Gizka are awesome, and we need shoulder Gizka, get Gizka merch. That's what we want. Yeah. I mean, like, KOTOR 1 is my favorite quest, second favorite quest, KOTOR 2, and then third favorite quest is KOTOR 3. So where is KOTOR 3? What it's is the, KOTOR 3? It's it's the yeah. Revan novel. Go listen no. to us talk about the Revan novel and find out why it is our third favorite KOTOR quest. It was a quest, yeah. getting getting us to talk about uh, the Revan novel, I will say. I used the force to get through it. Um, <laughs> so, Brian, what is your favorite HK47 quote? Um, well, we were talking a little bit offline, and I said that HK-47 is not my favorite character. Um, I don't have a lot of favorite HK-47 quotes. Um, I do like the way that he talks. Um, I like uh, uh, kind of the, the cadence of his voice. I like that, you know, uh, as he addresses things, you know, statement, observation, uh, that kind of thing. So I, I had to do some thinking, and really my favorite is, of course, the way HK-47 describes love. Um, and I know that you love love, so mm -hmm. I'm thinking that we might have the same favorite quote yeah it's it's my favorite do you want to do you want to say it in your best non hk47 impression <laughs> my best non hk47 impression okay definition love is making a shot to the knees of a target 120 kilometers away using an aerotech sniper rifle with a tri-light scope love is knowing your target putting them in your targeting reticule and together achieving a singular purpose against a statistically long odds Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's, it could bring it's tears to poetic. my eyes. Yeah, that's right. It, is, it brings all the emotions uh, that HK does, for sure. I mean, imagine it's a Disney movie and, like, uh, <laughs> Bastel is trying to deny her feelings and then, like, HK47 says something to her like that and then, like, it, like, shifts her entire perspective, you know, and... <laughs> That's right. You know, you know what I want to see. You know what I want to see though now is uh, like HK looking like longingly out into like a sunset, and as he says this, you just get like a little like droid tear like rolling out of his eye. That would be beautiful. Oh. I think. <laughs> yeah, um, we just have so many ideas that I mean they are ideas. Like no one can say that they are not ideas. You know that but... that is right. They absolutely are our ideas. And then we're kind of doing a little bit of an audio drama. Um, mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I guess, how would you describe it? And then I can describe it. Um, so I would describe this audio drama as a, um, a really good uh, kind of perspective piece um, through the story of KOTOR uh, being told, uh, you know, kind of in the, in the perspective of Basil uh, That's, that's what I see it as not a not a beat for beat on the story but getting getting more of a first person's perspective from you know the way that she is seeing the story unfold and i think that it's awesome and i think that cassia is uh doing a great job with this this is uh, all her creation and uh yeah why don't you tell us about it yeah marcus did help me with uh some action scenes because i'm more of like a 
how do we do some dialogue in like I don't know sometimes like lightsaber fights are hard for me so he did help me with that but um I guess I would describe it as like a triptych uh you have some character moments like Malik, Bastila, and Venar slash Revan mm-hmm. um it starts with the Jedi Strike team and it goes up until about Korriban in the um game but I would say Bastila is the main through line and we kind of get into her head a bit more like Basil is my favorite character I think and like I I don't know I think like I have some similarities you know uh, with Basil Karth and uh, um, and them so maybe mm-hmm. one day we'll have uh, the, the Karth origin story you know but uh this is just kind of a fun exercise to do, kind of make it like a radio drama, you know. Uh, so it's pretty fun. Can't wait for you to see it. It looks really good. You know, I've been fortunate enough to kind of uh, read through a couple of the iterations and um, seeing what you've been up to working on. Was this something that you've wanted to do for a long time or uh, was it just just more recent? I know you've been working on it for, for quite a while now, but um, like going back even to like your love of uh, KOTOR, was this always just something that you kind of had in like the back of your mind that, you know, one day it would be awesome to kind of tell this story from, um, you know, her perspective with, uh, you know, using your voice? Um. Whenever anyone asks, like, what, uh, like, fan film I would make, I, I was always like, oh, Bastila with the strike team, because I think it's it's cinematic, but it's also a very big character moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very big moment for Star Wars. I'm surprised we don't see more of it in the game, honestly. Um, and it would just be cool, because, like, I think once I finally understood Bastila, I kind of finally was able to it kind of unlocked like empathy for me and I was able to be like I understand this character now and I understand this one now so um maybe that was just me going through corona and being in a weird place but uh, I wanted to get it out of my head like I started kind of scripting it last year and kind of getting my little writerly muscles uh, back to screenwriting. Like, I'm not a perfect screenwriter. I probably Mm -hmm. have, like, lots of errors in my script, but getting back into that was a lot of fun and uh, just wanted to say something in my voice about a story I love so much. Um, And I hope you like it. And uh if you don't that's okay because i'm sure many people could do it better but i don't know i think there should be more projects out there you know and hopefully Mm -hmm. it inspires some people to make art or something else yeah absolutely absolutely yeah looking forward to see um how it kind of comes together and um you know just getting like a behind the scenes kind of look at the creative process is uh pretty awesome so yeah and then in case you don't remember like how did we meet brian um so we met uh you know back in the in the before times when the old republic podcast was known as the Ebonhawk podcast um i stumbled across it you know i was i was getting back big into kind of star wars fandom uh rise of skywalker had just come out i'd just been to galaxy's edge i just gotten the big huge 
uh, beautiful uh, box set of the Skywalker saga. And I was like, man, I really, I'm really just, you know, loving, loving all the Star Wars stuff going on. I was getting back into doing some toy collecting and finding a bunch of stuff that I'd, I'd just recently gotten back from like my parents' house and stuff. So I was doing some uh, digging for some Star Wars podcasts. And I'm, and I came across one called the Ebon Hawk podcast. Um, now, a lot of people might not know what the Ebon Hawk is, you know, if you're, if you're a, uh, a novice to the, to the Star Wars world, but I did, I said, that is that ship from that game that I played like 20 years ago. That sounds awesome. That sounds fun. I should start listening to it. So I did. Um, and I love the podcast and, uh, we met through that, right? Just kind of me being like a fan of the podcast and, uh, you know, participating when you do, um, you know, ask people like what their fan casts were. And I just kind of engage on that way. And then, uh, you invited me on to be a guest back in, I think it was episode 42. 42. Is that the meaning of life number? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, oh. I don't know. Okay. Is it? Maybe that it is. That would have been cool if it was. <laughs> it, Maybe it, it means. Should, it should be. Maybe that is the real one. Out there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah, 42 and uh then i was like i think you'd be a great co-host and uh long story short uh he ended up becoming a co-host and he's like really good and can't imagine the pod without him so <laughs> well thank you yeah. thank you um and part of my uh my co-host duties is that while you were just talking i googled the meaning of my number and it is 42 you were right i was wrong and yeah it was kismet i guess that i came on episode 42 yeah yeah um so is Star Wars your favorite uh, sci-fi series, or would you say it's sci-fi? Uh, I would I would say that it is sci-fi um, uh, because it, uh, it, it involves science and it is also a fiction. Um, is it my favorite? No, nah, I don't even like Star Wars. No, of course it's my yeah. favorite. It's, of course, <laughs> my favorite uh, sci-fi uh, series. I mean, there are a lot of other ones that I like, too. I, I love the, the Tolkien world. I love, like, the Planet of the Apes uh, world, especially... Uh, well, I like the original and then, you know, kind of this more uh, uh, recent trilogy that we got from there. So um, there are some other science fiction worlds that I like a lot. But of course, Star Wars is my favorite one. It's it's the best one. How could it not be the favorite one? Yeah. I mean, looking back on it, like I grew up with Star Wars uh, before that Disney films. But like Star Wars mm -hmm. just. I don't know. It was like a fairy tale, but different. Um and I've always loved mythology, and I think I could kind of sense like it had a little bit of a mythic spine uh, through line through it. Um, so I kind of attached myself to it, latched onto it. Um, growing up, I did really like Harry Potter. I'm not so mm -hmm. much um, into Harry Potter anymore because the books are done, and Cursed Child was weird and. <laughs> J.K. Yeah. Rowling is kind of, uh, I don't know, going through something right now. Mm -hmm. uh, so it kind of makes it like I'm just not really invested in Harry Potter right now. But I do yeah. love Indiana Jones and old movies, you know, uh, especially like Errol Flynn and Olivia uh, de Havilland films and mm -hmm films from the 40s 50s and 60s i'm catching up on those but i would say like star wars is my number one series and i would kind of call it sci-fi fantasy uh fairy tale yeah. opera you know like for me yeah. it, like star wars has like lots of different flavors and i love them all 
Yeah, for sure. It, it ticks a lot of boxes for sure, for sure. Um, and yeah, kind of the same as you. Like I, I like a lot of other things, but Star Wars was like the only one that I ever felt like really invested in. Um, like it was something that I would search out and try to learn more about and, uh, you know, explore the worlds of and, you know, read the books of and play the video games of and, uh, you know, kind of take it beyond, you know, just whatever was on like the Sunday matinee that week that I'd watch, you know, with my brother or my dad um, or whatever. It was something that kind of transcended all of those other ones uh, for me. So, yeah. Uh, so, Brian, do you like KOTOR more than the movies? Uh, that is a real, real trick question. I will say that uh, Knights of the Old Republic has an incredible story. It is full of an incredible cast of characters, um, and I love this game a lot. Um, I I don't think my, my own personal Star Wars fandom and the way I feel about Star Wars would be the same if I only had this game instead of the movies, um, but I think that it probably would be if I had the movies instead of the game. So I will say no. I I guess I would I would take the movies in this in this horrible horrible thought ex- experiment where yeah. I had to pick one over the other. But yeah, I, I I I for me I think it has to be the has to be the movies. That was the foundation. That was the beginning. Yeah, same here. But in a way, like I love Kotor so much, I want it to be a movie. Like mm-hmm. like I said, a trilogy of movies, and I think it really could be different like kind of reinventing star wars like star wars had to be invented uh and kind of leading into the next question like i kind of mentioned this like kotor could be the opportunity to make it look feel and sound different like i haven't watched uh the house of the dragon yet but Mm -hmm. Game of Thrones had a certain look and then House of the Dragon has like kind of more of the look from the books, you know, and it's like, I feel like we could get more medievally and kind of courtly love, you know, kind of epic drama to be had in Star Wars, like different flavors. Uh, mm-hmm. Not everything has to be the a new hope uh, flavor that, that we get a lot of, you know. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and you you bring up a, a really good point, you know, is that we hold this game obviously in very high esteem, um, and that we you know we want to elevate it to like the the rank of those movies. So when you're saying, you know, something like uh, do it like Kotor more than more than the movies, um, we it's a, it's almost like we like Kotor so much we want it to be one of the movies. So yeah, yeah. Like if you can't tell, we love Kotor probably too much, <laughs> but we love it. Um, it's possible. And, it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> but so if you could change one thing about KOTOR, be it gameplay or story, what would it be, Brian? Um, well, so so my answer is, is twofold. Um, and the answer is is combat. And first off, um, if I could take the combat out of pretty much any game that doesn't really require it to tell me the story, um, I would do that because I, I don't really uh, have time, can't be bothered uh, with fighting. But I would change... Uh, kind of this d20 system combat Um, and not that I think that it is broken not that I think that it's not enjoyable and not that I don't think that um, you can get a lot out of it but it seems to me on any sort of like negative review you get and especially like younger people who are just trying out KOTOR it seems to be a real big barrier to entry for people uh, to get over it I I would 
gather if you gave this to like a, a group of um, young video game playing kids and said, hey, play this game, they would get to that first combat and be like, no, not interested in this at all. What is this? This is nonsense. Um, so I would change it yeah. um, just to bring it up to date because I think that that would help engage people that are, you know, they've been hearing, you know, people like us being like, oh, Knights of the Old Republic, it's the best game ever. You should definitely go go play it because, you know, the story is so great and then they, they turn it on and that's just a huge hurdle for people to get over. Um, so I think if you yeah. just kind of modernized that a little bit, I think that would go a long way um and you know bringing it up to speed so if i was if i was changing one thing about kotor it'd definitely be the combat system um but what yeah. about what about you uh do you have any any uh, anything you would you would change leave it as is uh um i would change the main titles to be hmm. something more mythic something more medieval like you know how like old stories begin with the invocation of the muses uh Maybe it's like you invoke the force, you know, and then it kind of looks like an illuminated manuscript, you know, uh, mm -hmm. a little bit different. Maybe it's like circle based rather than rectangular base and kind of rotates. looks like a star map. Um, I just want it to look amazing. And um, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to surprise you with a. Uh, an unlisted question and then you can surprise me with an unlisted question but what do you <laughs> okay. think the message of kotor 1 is if you want to answer what the message of kotor 2 is you're welcome to answer that too <laughs> uh the message of kotor 2 is that uh, is that there is no message and just figure it out for yourself um the the message from kotor 1 i think is is really a message of redemption and that you're not bound by the choices that you've made right you can always you can always atone you can always um you know make compense for uh you know for, for the choices and the actions that you've made you don't have to be you don't have to be tied down by those uh so to speak so i think that that uh repentance rebirth uh those kinds of things that is the the overarching story um, of KOTOR 2 that's the the lesson to take out of it um, I think um, especially you know when you're talking about the character of uh, Revan um, in the in the game you know the the player character that is uh, you know in my mind definitely kind of the 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 message and the lesson that you're meant to take away from that but um, I guess I'll I'll just uh, I'll throw that right back to you since it's unscripted but uh, what do you think what is the overarching lesson of uh, Knights of the Old Republic maybe maybe I should ask, just ask you what the overarching lesson is of KOTOR 2 since you you know tossed me to the <laughs> fire but uh, we'll stick with the uh, KOTOR 1 and you can you can dabble into KOTOR 2 if you want I would say KOTOR 1 and KOTOR 2 are actually kind of similar uh, messages I would say um, KOTOR 2 builds on that message, but KOTOR 1, I would say it is counsel, uh, C-O-U-N-S-E-L, not cancel. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. Let people redeem themselves. Uh, let people have hope. I think in our generation, people really do need that. And rather than just having uh, redemption equaled in death, like living atonement is good to see which is why i love the character of reva in kenobi uh mm -hmm. if i could only get one thing from kenobi i'm glad it was reva you know we need right. more stories like that uh especially in star wars and kotor 2 i would say 
builds on that. Um, mm -hmm. You can make restitution for what you have done. It's a purgatory story. It's an atonement story. Um, but, like, no one's 100% right. You know, you have to make your... Uh, your own path and it's not like there is a a fairy over your shoulder saying this is the right one this is the bad one you know you have to just make choices and deal mm -hmm. with the consequences and sometimes what's right for you is wrong for others and vice versa but mm -hmm. I think it's just to have empathy yeah for sure for sure um you you raise a good point that um they're both kind of telling similar tales. I think that um, for me, kind of the way that I, I see it then is that KOTOR is more of a story of redemption, of of making you know good on the bad that you've done. And KOTOR 2 is uh, kind of a, a tale of atonement, um, you know, and, you know, kind of being forced to see the consequences of, of the things that you've done. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's kind of the same story. It's just a little bit of a different um, sort of narrative of that story, I guess. Yeah, it, it's kind of like in Kotor when you're dealing with the personal consequences, and then mm -hmm. uh, in Kotor 2, you're kind of seeing like the galactic-wide consequences as well as the personal level to it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Any other, any other surprise questions? <laughs> No, I think that is all the surprise uh, questions that I had because these were all kind of surprise questions. Like I said, you know, we weren't really uh, we were we were planning to do something else that kind of fell through, but we had this uh, list of questions, so we thought it would be fun to just kind of run through them for everyone. And you know, it's always good to kind of take a step back and you know revisit just kind of the the way that we feel about the game. We uh, you know we'd spend a lot of time getting into like the nitty gritty of you know making making our uh, you know our fictitious film that we were putting together and uh, you know getting into the inner nuance. So it's always kind of fun to just step back and you know reflect on you know what we what we really love about you know star wars and kotor and and that kind of stuff more in a in a general sense so it's always fun and refreshing to kind of to kind of do that and you know then get back into the uh into the depths of uh, kotor 2 which we are uh trying to cautiously wade into those waters now so yeah i mean we probably got too nuanced and deep, but I would say the breeze is successfully shot, and uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a good, it's a good vibe for fall. You know, we're having a fun fall. We're gonna dress up like Han Solo, mm -hmm. um, and uh, around the corner is the holiday special again, probably. And I'm probably gonna have to watch it again and not like. <laughs> make detours to kind of just deal with it you know but wow yeah that's i right. don't know that is, that is uh life day is uh getting perilously close uh yeah so we might have to uh have to do a, a revisit of that maybe that'll be an annual tradition but um yeah i don't know i guess that that kind of wraps it up on these uh these little questions so hopefully everyone had fun kind of going through that stuff uh with us um, uh, took something away from it and if you have you know kind of your own thoughts on any of those things feel free to you know drop us a drop us a line on uh, Twitter on the discord or uh, on my uh, Instagram you know kind of wherever you connect with us so. yeah and may the breeze be with you the 
Old Republic podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, as well as everywhere else that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. Subscriptions, reviews, and shares help us out. And if you want to connect with the podcast on Twitter, we can be found at Old Republic Pod. And if you want to connect with me, I can be found on Instagram at Astro underscore Droid underscore. You can find us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Old Republic Podcast. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Dennis S. Mowers at DennisSMowersMusic.com. This episode of the Old Republic Podcast has been brought to you by Nikki Dog from Patreon. May the force be with you. We will be back soon. Bye for now.